Good morning. Week two of coming back together in the house. Woo! <laughs> it's uh, definitely different. Uh, we want to welcome everybody that's here in the house and uh, everyone that's on our live stream broadcast. Uh, welcome to the hope. And I hope that this message ministers to you as it did to me. And yeah, I often say this, that what, whatever God puts on my heart, usually I have to work through it before getting here. And uh, that's a good thing because that helps me to hone off the rough edges. But it also helps me to, to feel or sense what the Holy Spirit's sensing and feeling. You know, God has a heart. God feels. And we need His heart. We need to know what He's thinking, what He's feeling, what He wants done in these days that we live in. And today's message really has to do with that. And, and I've been working on uh, a Holy Spirit series, which I started, but this week I'm taking a turn just because of everything going on. So today's message, I'm calling it Image Bearers. Image Bearers. And you'll understand why I call it that here in just a minute. Would it make a difference if we looked at our neighbor, if we looked at those who live in other cities, even around the world, would it make a difference if we saw them as God sees them? Do you think it would? You know, tracing our ancestry back, and I know a lot of people struggle with this. I'm a, a creationist. I believe that the Bible is truth. And when God said he created the earth in six days and on the seventh he rested, the Sabbath, I believe that's true. I won't go into all that today, but just to say that what we read in the Bible wasn't put in there as some fairy tale. It has historical elements to it. And, and I believe that if, if you and I were to trace our ancestry back, we would discover that we all come from the same place. What were their names? Adam and Eve. And, you know, most of us know the story, so I'm not going to go there today. Uh, but you'll find this in the first three chapters of the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. That's where the miracle of creation takes place. That's where God formed man in his image and in his likeness. And that's what I want to highlight today. So if you have your swords with you, your Bibles, uh, you out there in uh, cyber land, turn to Genesis chapter 1. If you have your iPhones or your iPads or whatever it is you use. I'm going to begin with uh, verse 26. And I do have this up behind me if... Uh, you want to read it from there. This is the NLT. Let me, let me open with prayer first. I know Barb prayed. You know, it always scares me when she says, Lord, only have what you want him to say come out of his mouth, because then I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if this message isn't from God, I'm going to be mute. 
It's, it's like God hit the mute button on me. So if that happens, you'll know that I guess this wasn't from him. Lord, we are again humbled to be here today. We are image bearers. We are made in your likeness. And Lord, as, as we look at this today, I pray that you would give us hearts to receive. Lord, that we would be unbiased, that our judgments, Lord, would end. Lord, there are certain things we must judge, but when it comes to people, we need to be so careful. Just like you extended mercy and grace to us, Lord, may we do the same to those who don't think like us, perhaps those who don't look like us. Lord, help us to be more like you and help us to carry the light, Lord, the glory of God within us. We commit this church and this people and those listening on live stream, Lord, we commit them all into your hands and we pray a, a mighty influence of your spirit wherever they're at. We pray this again in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 1, 26, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, when you see that little ant down there on the floor, and you do that, you know, God puts you in charge of that little thing. I'm not telling you not to step on it, because I don't want a bunch of ants in my house either, but... Squirrel. <laughs> Verse 27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea. That's why I love fishing. And the birds in the sky. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, I'm skipping over 29 and 30, and those have to do with uh, man in the beginning being a vegetarian. I'll let you go back there and read that. But I wanted to get to verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Now, again, when God finished, and he said it was very good, you, you could look at this and you could say, all right, this might have to do with all of creation, which it's amazing. You know, we've watched some of these ocean uh, uh, documentaries over the last few weeks, and, and I, I just, it takes my breath away the beauty of some of the coral and the fish that swim around it and how they all have these little jobs and how some of them, of course, get eaten when they're doing their little jobs. But that's all part of what God created and it's amazing to me. Just, it's miraculous. Nothing short of. And when God finished that, he had to just step back and go, that's pretty doggone cool. My paraphrase, of course. <laughs> he might have said that about creation generally, or, and I, I suspect that part of it was, he had just finished making man in his image. And he was so proud 
of his child, his creation, that he said, you know what? This is very good. The other five days he said, it is good. In fact, he created the animals on the same day as he created man, and there after the animals he said, it is good. But after he created man, he said, it is very good. Why do I bring this point up? In my opinion, God thought we were pretty cool human beings. I've already said this. He gave us dominion. He told us to rule over all the other animals, all the other critters that are on this planet. Why? Because we were the only ones that were in His image and in His likeness. And those, those two words are important. In His image and likeness. And then verse 27, God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. And again, male and female. So what we need to realize, and I, I don't go into this in, in my message, but I just wanted to point out, men and women, there, there's not like this superiority thing going on there. And I, I did a, a paper on this not long ago, and I believe God saw men and women as equals. Some would argue this point because, again, there are places in the Bible where it looks like God set man higher. But I think you've really got to look at the context. Men and women, listen, we need women and they need us. Men. It, it's a complementary thing going on there. And without them, there wouldn't be any of the rest of us, all right? Without both parties, there wouldn't be the rest of us. Can you say amen? So, we were created in God's image, which in the Latin is imago Dei. Can you say that with me? I just like the, the name. <laughs> imago Dei. It, which means image of God. That's right. Imago, image, Dei, God. All right? Are we all good with that? The Bible says we were created male and female, in the image and likeness of God. And, and again, that proves that man and woman are very special to God. Now, there are people who have raised or elevated animals above man. And, and I don't think that should happen. We need to keep the balance. We need to understand our place. Does that mean that, that we abuse the animals? By no means. God created all of this. And if we abuse it, what we're saying is we don't really appreciate God's creation. And this not only plays into animals and forests and all that other stuff, but it also plays into human beings, which is where I'm going with this message today. Back to the image and likeness. Again, we don't understand exactly what that image and likeness really means. You know, we've come up with some good guesses, I think. Some suggest that image is like a concrete statue. In the ancient Near East, the, the kings would put statues of themselves all around their kingdom. So when people came in, they'd realize that, oh, it's, this is his, his land. 
It was an image bearer of the king. So when God calls us image bearers, what he's saying is wherever you go, you're representing him. When people look at you, they're like, oh, this is God's territory. That's kind of cool when you think about it. And a little bit unnerving at the same time. So the image is a symbol that represents God as each person carries his glory with them. It is also felt that the, the word likeness, it's more of the, the moral or ethical character of God. So if somebody murders someone, most of us would be appalled by that. Right? If, if someone came in right now and, and just decided to defecate right here in the front, most of us would be going, Ha! Ah, what? You can't do that? Why? Because there's something in us that says one should not defecate in the front of the church, or anywhere for that matter, other than out somewhere where it's not visible. I only bring that up to say there is an, a rule, a guide within each one of us. It's God stamped that into each person so that we would have a clue about right and wrong. That's what that likeness is, in my opinion. Now, in John 4.24, Jesus said, the Father is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. All right? So we know that God's spirit, so that this likeness that we have is not, this physical likeness is not that. Right? Because God is spirit. You still tracking with me? Knowing that our bodies are visible would mean that God's, this is not God's image, this outer shell. Now others have felt like this is a container for the soul and the spirit of man. And, and I tend to lean that way. I mean, isn't it? When this body dies, it doesn't go anywhere. It decays. But what's in it does. It goes wherever it goes, into the afterlife, into the next stage where God welcomes our spirit. Some like to call it soul. The Jewish people felt that man was made up of all three of these, body, soul, and spirit, and that it was the complete form of man that represents this image. So, we have a bunch of choices. Nobody really knows for sure. Um, it's just a guess. The Bible isn't clear. Is it all right the Bible isn't clear sometimes on certain things? We all want the facts. We want to know the... If I can use this term, I want it black and white, all right? I want to know the difference. None of this gray stuff down the middle. But the Bible isn't always that clear. So we have to be okay with that. There are some things that God makes very, very clear. Other things, not so much. So in this case, just realize that you're in the image of God. You are the Imago Dei. And as such, 
You have been called to carry His glory wherever you go. I'll get into that more here in just a minute. What we do know, though, what we do know is that we, human beings, we have the ability to reason, to think morally, and to interact with the one who created us. That's beautiful. And I'm not saying that animals don't glorify God because I think they, every time a butterfly opens its wings or a peacock or whatever, they're glorifying God. But they can't communicate with Him like we do. They can't have a conversation with Him like we do. We are different than all of the other creatures. And because of these special abilities, we can communicate and share with one another like the animal kingdom cannot. I am going somewhere with this. As I see it, when God made Adam and Eve, when God made Adam specifically, it was an intimate moment. Picture, he'd created all of the other creatures, the plants, the, the trees, separated the ocean and the, the land and all that, the sky and the earth. And he did that with his, he spoke it into existence. Let there be light, and there was light, right? And then he gets to man. <laughs> And he just gets down and he just starts forming him out of the dirt. I don't know what kind of dirt he had, but I have a feeling it was way better dirt than we have today. And he modeled this man, the Bible says in his image, in his likeness. And then what did he do? Something, he didn't do this with the rest of the critters, but he blew into his nostrils. Almost like CPR, if you think about that. I mean, and the man started to breathe. I believe that what he did, the ruach, and my professor said, you got to make sure and sound like you're about ready to cough up a Never mind. I don't know why I'm going there today. But that's the breath of God. It, it can be translated wind, but in this case, we know that God's breathing life into him. It was his spirit. Because man was different. Hallelujah. We find this in Genesis 2 7. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. God gave him life. Man and woman are unique from all the other creatures. Imago Dei. And then he told them to rule the earth. And when I, when I read that part, and I've gone back here a lot. I've read from this, uh, these chapters a lot, but in Psalm, it's actually Psalm 8, he talks about what this meant when God said rule the earth. And so I, I thought instead of me trying to tell you, I'll just put it up. 
Psalm 8, 4, and 5. What are mere mortals, that's you and me, that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the heavenly beings, and, and some translate this as angels. So man is a little lower than the angels. And crown them with glory and honor. Hallelujah. You are crowned with glory and honor. God's glory and honor. Hallelujah. That should get you excited. In verse 6, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. When somebody says everything is under your feet, what does it mean? <laughs> Thank you. Everything is under your feet. Except one thing, and I'll get there in a minute. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. And then verse 9, it says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Can you, can you say that with me, that last verse? Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When you look at your neighbor, you need to look at them as image bearers. Carrying the glory and the honor of God. And, and I'm taking back to what God said about the prophets when he said, don't come against my anointed. And I think about that and I think, he was referring, of course, to the greats, Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and Jeremiah. Don't look on them and despise them, but instead honor them and listen to what they're saying. When people have the image of God, when they carry the glory and His honor in them, if we come against someone, we're basically coming against who? Say it. There are some who like to slap their wives up. <laughs> you better be careful. Hopefully there's none in here like that. Because they're in the image of God. Amago Dei. You will give an account. There are some who like to beat their kids. They're in the image of God, the Imago Dei. You better be careful. I'm a firm believer in spare the rod, spoil the child, the Old Testament, King James. But that does not mean you beat them to death. That means that you instruct them. You guide them. You love them until they get back on the right path. Just as God does for us. That's just a freebie, not part of the message. When we realize that God created man, it makes it so much easier to understand what our part is. 
why we're here. Why are you here? I've already talked about it. As I understand this, we were created to become little tabernacles. And a tabernacle was, was a mobile dwelling or a, a residence, if you will. And I, I think down the road I'm going to teach on this a little bit more from the Old Testament and show you how symbolic it is of what we are today. But I don't have time today other than just to say that we are little tabernacles. Places, places that God inhabits. Are we mobile? You're here, so yes. <laughs> you know, we can go anywhere, even around the globe. God made us that way so that we could carry His glory wherever we went. So, put another way, God's plan was to fill the earth with His people. He wanted us, because He loved us, He wanted us to love Him back, of course. Right? That, that's kind of important. To worship Him for all that He's done. If you look around you, if you look around this earth, every time I get on a lake, I look in the water, I see thousands of fish. Little, little uh, crayfish. And the birds and eagles. And I'm just out there going, wow! How cool is this? And, and Romans 1 actually says that man's without excuse, even if he hasn't heard the gospel, because everything around us points to his glory. But man is special. We're all glory carriers. God's plan was to fill the earth with his people, have them love him back, respond to his love. Worship Him. Glorify His name. And He said this to Adam and Eve, and then He said it later to Noah's family after He destroyed the earth with the flood. He said, Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, have a bunch of kids. We, we need to go back to the uh, ways of the Catholic Church. I remember the 60s, it seemed like every... My family was one of them. Every Catholic church had like six or eight or ten kids. They'd fill up a whole row or a whole pew. And now we've limited ourselves to one or two maybe. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not beating up on anybody. I'm just making a point. But God said, be fruitful, multiply. And he blessed them. And he blessed them. He blessed them. You get God's blessing, good stuff's going to happen. He blessed them. But sin detoured that idea, didn't it? And again, I don't have time to go back into this. You can read this in, in Genesis chapter 3, what happened. But sin detoured God's plan. And because of sin, God had to go another route if He wanted His tabernacle, if He wanted to tabernacle with His people. He had to do something different. 
And you know, we serve a very creative God, and, and He already had a plan. That's what the Bible reveals through all of its pages. From the book of Genesis all the way to, to the book of Revelation at the end of the New Testament, it all has to do with God's plan of how He wanted to have a relationship with His people. And He made a way for them to do that. In the Old Testament, it was a little bit different. Salvation didn't look the same to, to the people in the Old Testament as it does to the people in the New Testament through Jesus. But it was the same loving God. It was the same intimate relationship that He wanted with them. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we often get this picture of this mean old ogre God in the Old Testament and then this, this younger, refreshing, loving God in the New. Well, I want to tell you something. They're both the same. They were different time periods, yes. Different cultures, yes. But the same God. And one thing that, if, if I ever get to this, one thing we'll see is that the Holy Spirit was involved in all of it. We believe in the Trinity in this church, in the assemblies of God. We believe Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Each one is a person, but it's one God. I can't explain that any better than I could how we're in the image of God, but I can say this, I believe it. Because God's Word tells me that it's so. I want to take a turn now. Keep that in mind. Can you say it again? Imago Dei. That's just catchy. Imago Dei. We are all created in Christ. And I, there are many passages that talk about this, including what I just read from Genesis. In Colossians 3.11, the Apostle Paul said, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. What's a Gentile? A non-Jew. So that pretty much covers everybody else as far as their nationality. Circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters. And He lives in all of us. See, there was a real issue going on when Paul was preaching to the early church. And that was this hierarchy. There were many people that felt they were better than those below them. And he wanted to nip that in the bud and say, hey, you didn't deserve it, what you got, what God gave you. It was free through the grace of God. So what makes you think now that you deserve better than this person? Just because you were born into something, a family that's a little more well-to-do. It should make it clear. And there are other passages that talk about this. I'm just grabbing this one for the sake of time. Man plural, 
has dominion over all the earth, over all of God's creation. Here's the part that doesn't work. We're in this together. There's one creature that is not under our dominion. What do you think it is? Thank you. Who said that? You deserve a gold star. Each other. If I had one, I'd give it to you, Jeremiah. It'd look good right there, right in the middle. We've gotten this wrong. You know, when Abraham Lincoln, when he began to fight for freedom of the slaves, he had people that hated his guts. Christians that hated his guts because they were about to change their livelihood the way they thought, the way they operated, and they knew it. But he saw every human has value. And to God, who's no respecter of persons, we need to realize that we're all equal in his sight. You may think, oh, you're a pastor. I'm not equal with you. Hogwash. Hogwashian. That's one of my professor's lines. I can't steal it and not give him credit. I'm no better than you. Maybe God has given me a little more responsibility. God gave Moses a little more responsibility than he gave to Aaron and Miriam, his sister and brother. But they were all in it together. And the people that followed them weren't any less of a human being than they were simply because they were sheep, simply because they were followers. And, and you see, in our heads, we get this thing corrupted. We begin to see each other. Wow, you know where I live. <laughs> I live over in Crestwood. <laughs> yeah, you see our houses, man. Where do you live? Mobile home. Oh. Shame on us. Where you live has nothing to do with it. It's who is in your heart. And if it's Jesus Christ, then you are equal. And, and here's the problem, though. You see, not everybody's a believer. Not everybody looks at God's Word and says, yeah. In fact, a lot of them look at it and say, nah. I'm not doing that. That's stupid. I've heard people say that, but the Bible is stupid. But we know it's truth. We know it's liberating. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus said in Luke 4, and he was quoting from Isaiah in the Old Testament, he said, I have come to set the captives free. The church wasn't ready for them. They're like, who is this guy? He's supposed to help elevate us. The priests were all like, hey, I can't wait till this dude comes. I'm going to get a mansion. No. In fact, the opposite. He who desires to be the greatest must first become the least of these. The servant of all. 
And Jesus was our example. We are here to serve each other. To serve God. And when we serve each other, we're serving God. Because we're all created in His image. Imago Dei. It's catchy, isn't it? (laughs) I love this. We're all family. We are family. Why do I always want to shake my leg when I sing? I don't know. You know, if we recognize this, maybe, maybe this nation, even the globe, would be different. I don't know. So God's plan. Set man and woman free, give them dominion, and have them populate the earth. You know, if we saw our fellow man and woman as image bearers of God, if, as the Imago Dei, perhaps we would treat them different. Instead of seeing our differences like our skin color, where we grew up, the types of clothes we wear, or the different dialects that some of us speak. You know, I've, I've actually spoken with some people from uh, the urban centers of this country and it was like speaking French or German. I, I could not even tell what they were saying to me. And, and I was too embarrassed to ask, <laughs> what did you mean? You know, there's actually a, a dictionary. It's the Urban Dictionary. If you Google that, it has all kinds of crazy words in there that I didn't even know existed. But if we stopped looking at our, at our differences and, and instead saw our similarities, we're all children of God in Christ. <laughs> I think it'd make a difference. I do. Now, the problem we face is is certainly complex, right? This isn't something that's just going to go away tomorrow. I don't think it should. In fact, from what we see on the news, there's a revolution going on right now. In the church, uh, capital C, we have a choice. We We can hunker down in our little homes and let it hopefully go by, or we can do something about it. The unchurched, they don't have the answer. We do. Hear this. They're going to be spinning their wheels until the end of time if we don't get out and step up and say, hey, I know the answer. Jesus. We all need Him. We've all been created in God's image, the Imago Dei. We all are family. And we need to work with each other. We need to pray for each other. One of my friends recently posted this about a friend of his. and He said, It almost seems like we don't really want to hear others' opinions so much as we want to hear our opinions come out of their mouths. And he concluded, the pastor concluded this, sorry my voice is, hang on a second. 
cub at my water. Aaron concluded, Pastor Aaron concluded this with, when that doesn't occur, we respond with frustration and even correction. This is the problem. We no longer dialogue with each other. You can't sit down with somebody and have a conversation without it erupting into something that you're like, whoa, where did that thing come from? We've disassociated ourselves from others simply because they think differently than us. They look different. They act different or any other multitude of differences. To make my point, I recently uh, had a conversation with someone and, and their family, uh, this person's spouse, they, they've been dealing with health issues for a really long time and my heart breaks every time I, I meet with this person because I thank God. We've been praying, Lord, do a miracle here for this family. What they're going through is horrendous. And, and they just go from day to day trying to figure out what's next because they don't know what's next. And for me to come in and say, well, I know how you feel. I can't say that. Why? Because I've never been there. My spouse is still alive, thank God. Now, I've lost parents, but never my spouse. And I can't imagine the hurt, the worry, and all that goes with that. So what I can do besides pray is, is have empathy. You know, I can tell them I'm thinking about them. I, I can pray, of course, for them and, and look for ways to maybe encourage them where I can. But in the end, this is a God thing. This is something that only God can fix. And that brings me to my next point in a similar way. And, and I'm not trying to suggest... Look, I'm not, I'm not making one bigger than the other. I'm just trying to balance this thing out for you. In a similar way, many of our African Americans, our communities have lived through some very horrific things. And I wanted to show this, but I didn't get permission. So I'm just going to tell you, if you get a chance, go on uh, YouTube and just Google uh, or search for Michael Jr., and there's a, about a nine-minute testimony that he gives. Uh, and it was from, he lived in Grand Rapids when this happened, and he was uh, stopped by the police, and, and he goes through the whole thing, including his anger afterwards. And I'm not, you go there and you, you watch this, but it made me think, I don't know. Because I've never had to go through anything like that. Most of us cannot try to feel what our African-American brothers and sisters are feeling because we've never lived in their shoes. We haven't been mistreated by those in authority. We've not had to live our lives feeling like we're under a microscope. And it does not matter that some of them are living in impoverished neighborhoods. That does not make them any less 
human. Can I get an amen? amen? What matters is they are people. That's what matters. And as such, if they're feeling destitute, if they're feeling hopeless, if they're feeling downtrodden, beat down for whatever reason, and as fellow human beings, we should think that that matters. It should matter to us. Because somebody in our family's hurting. And, and I think it's come to a head as we're seeing. I'm, I'm not condoning the looting stuff. You, I, you realize that, right? But these, these folks are hurting or they wouldn't be doing this. They're saying, we've had enough. We're tired of being second or third class citizens. We're just like you. And they are. When I was younger, we had a slogan, live and let live. As amazing as that sounded back then, I think it was lacking. I didn't think so then, but I do now. Because really, what I was saying is my involvement can be minimal. I could just get out of that person's way, let them go shoot up and die if I wanted to, and, and that would be live and let live, or in this case, live and let die. You get the comparison? That was what I grew up with. We thought it was cool. But would that way of thinking please God? And this is something all of us need to ask today. Would Jesus Christ, when he was walking through the streets of Galilee or the streets of Jerusalem, would he have been okay with saying, hey dude, live and let live? <laughs> I don't think so. He got involved with people. He crossed the race barrier. You know that, right? More than once. I wish I could get into that today. He said that things were not popular. He said things that were not popular, were not well received, especially by those in the religious institution. He blew people away with how he responded to folks. He went after those who weren't popular. He went after the least of these. The tax collectors, the prostitutes. Jesus was proactive in the lives of other people. He didn't care what they did for a living, what their nationality was, what their gender was. He loved them just the same. And His purpose was, I want you to know my Father like I know my Father. He was the epitome of image-bearer. He was God. Why was Jesus like this? Because He saw value in all people. They were all God's children. That's the Jesus that I know, and that's the Jesus I've come to love. <laughs> so what do we do, mighty followers of Jesus Christ? 
How do we step into this arena of hatred and animosity and distrust? I think we just do. We have these conversations with our kids, our grandkids, with our friends. Pull somebody aside who might be a little different from you and buy them a coffee and say, tell me about yourself. You imagine? Can I buy a dinner? I'd like to know your story. You imagine what that do to people? At first they'd probably be like, whoa, who are you? You might have to win them over a little bit. Say, you know what? I just want to know how other people are, how they live, how they respond to things. thought maybe you could help me. I don't know. I don't know if that'd work or not. But it might get the conversation started because we are in the image of God. As such, we can communicate with people. We can share our feelings, our hearts. Unlike the rest of the animal kingdom. And like Jesus, we can love people, hug people, and even get involved in their suffering if we choose to, as we help carry the glory of God in these tabernacles. That's what people need. They need to see God. We have the privilege of carrying Him to them, wherever that might be. It might be here in Gaylord. It might be in some other city. It might be in a country across the globe if you're called to missions. But there has to be change. I think most are realizing that today. We need to be peacemakers. Wow. Sorry. You know, these messages are all supposed to be condensed, like 45 minutes, and I know I've gone over, um, well over. I, I want to share this story. I read it uh, yesterday. That was from uh, a pastor, and I believe it's Indiana. And I didn't ask him permission to share this, but hopefully he's okay with it. Um, so he, he is getting hungry. It's the end of the day. He goes into, uh, I think it was McDonald's. He orders his meal. When he gets up to the window where the person is taking his order, he realizes quickly that this young man has uh, cuttings on his wrist. And I don't remember the exact words he said to him, but he said something to the effect, I hope you get through this, whatever is uh, hurting you. Something to that effect. And he didn't say any more. He, he took his meal, and, and he was broken inside, and I, I didn't mention that. When we see people hurting, you know what? It should move us. And if, if it doesn't, if you're sitting there right now with, what are you talking about? Then your heart's hard, and you need to get on your faces before God, and you need to repent and say, soften me. Soften me, Lord. Lord. 
But this man, he, he felt something for this young guy, and, and, and he said that, and he pulled out and he started praying. He said it, he cried. Five minutes went by, and the door opened from the restaurant, and the young man ran out. He said, can you help me? And he led him to Jesus. He got to pray with him. How cool is that? This, this, man's, this man's image was God's image. That young man saw that. And he said, I, want, I need it. Help, help. Maybe if we look more like him, that'll happen to us. Is it connecting with anybody besides me? You guys out there in, in, in live stream land, this is just as important to you. Our nation is hurting right now. It's broken. And people need to know the truth. Jesus came to set the captives free. And we have to do our part if anything's going to happen. If, if there's going to be a resolve, it's got to start with all of us. Especially, if I can say this, us white folk. When I look at you guys, and, and I'm saying this from all sincerity, I do not see color. I hope that's okay. And I recognize we all come from different places. I've got Indian in me, I've got French in me, I've got German. I don't know, I'm a mutt. That part doesn't matter. What matters is you're a human being and I'm a human being. Sarah, Sarah, wherever you, come on up. By the way, that story I told was an African-American pastor and I wanted to ask him, was the young man white or black? But I didn't. To him, it didn't matter. He was a human being. As image bearers of God, it's our mandate to help our fellow man, our brothers and sisters, any way that we can. And if we can help lift them up, praise the Lord, do it. If we can encourage somebody, please do it. Look for ways. Let, let's get out of our comfort zone. Let's stop thinking, hey, you know what? That's them, this is me. Hey, man. Just go do your thing. I'll stay out of your way. No. Like this pastor did, when he pulled up to that window, he observed that that young man was hurting. And we can all do that. But we have to stop. We have to pause. We have to say, you know what? Wonder, wonder how this person's doing. You may not even know them, but they're still a part of your family. 
Do you agree? And if we started looking at things like this, maybe there'd be less of this racism, less of, of all the horrible things that happen across this globe. I'd like to think that would be the case. When God created man, He did so that man would multiply and fill the earth. Not to fill it with corruption and sin, but to fill it with His glory. With His image so that people would know who they can go to if they need help. We've got the answers. Not all of them, but many of them. And they're all found in Jesus Christ. Perhaps if we begin to be more like Jesus with hearts full of love and kindness and concern, it might bring some healing to our neighborhoods and our nation. Let us be like Jesus. Cross that racial divide, the social norms, the religious snootiness as I'm calling it. And let God's glory shine out of us then we would be true image bearers for God. The Imago Day. Would you stand with me? If you're at home, you probably need to stand too. You know, again, these messages, they're not all warm and fuzzy, but they're so necessary. And I think as, as I was putting this together, the one thing I felt was a little bit of what Jesus felt when He walked through the city. When he, when he stood over Jerusalem, do you remember that? And I don't remember the exact address, but where He, he looked over Jerusalem and he, he wept. That, that was the whole verse. He just said, it just says, He wept. Two words. Shortest verse in the Bible. Why? Because they didn't know Him. And he felt it. His heart beat for people. And he felt their hurt. When he went to the cross, he felt everything we felt. Every hurt, every sinful thing, it was all laid on him. Can you imagine why Jesus felt like he felt and looked like he looked? and didn't want to go to the cross. What did he say? He said to his father, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. If it be possible. But then he added, but not my will, yours be done. He knew what we went through. He has felt your hurt, your pain. You might say, well, Jesus never married. It don't matter. He felt it because it came on him. And he did that so that he could say, wait a minute, I've been there. I know your pain. I know how hurt you are. And I have a remedy. It's me. Father, Lord, we're a broken people. And I know it's quiet here because uh, we're all thinking about this thing right now, but I, I pray, Lord, 
that you just get a hold of all of our hearts. Lord, that you'd break us so that we'd stop being so doggone stubborn and insensitive and we'd start looking at our brothers and sisters as we should, as, as fellow human beings. The homeless man on the street, he's a human being. The Muslim, he is a human being. The prostitute, she is a human being. Donald Trump, he is a human being. It doesn't matter. We're all family. Help us to love one another. Give us the courage, Lord, to stand up where we need to stand up. And if we see somebody being hurt, that we'd step in and say, enough of that nonsense. Because we see value. And Lord, last but not least, I pray that we would be your image bearers. This church, Lord, the people online, that we would be the Imago Dei. That your glory, Lord, would shine so bright from us that people would look and go, whoa, what is that? I want it. I need it. What must I do to be saved? Lord, help us to dwell on this this week, to know to do our part. I don't know what else to say today. I, I'm just going to close here. And I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to grow you up. I trust He will. Because we need Him desperately right now. I don't know, maybe I'll get back to that next week. I don't know. Because God's moving. He's a shaking right now. He's, he's moving on His people. He's shaking us right now. You know that, right? He's shaking you right at home right now. If you've got any kind of uh, uh, racism in you, come out of them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now for freedom, for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you that we can look at our fellow human beings. And here's the beauty of it. Someday we're all going to be together in heaven Worshiping the King. And I don't know if these bodies are going to look anything. Apparently you can uh, identify somebody in heaven. So I don't know what that means. If it's just like this knowledge of, oh, I know who they are. Yeah, that's Ron. <laughs> I know him. Somehow we're going to know that. But I don't, I don't know if our bodies are going to look the same or not. But we're going to be together forever. Don't you think we ought to learn to get along now? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, uh, take this message and do what only you can do with it. Keep us safe in our coming and our going and help us to be proactive for Jesus. Imago Dei, bearers of your image. We commit this body of people into your hands, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Please let the ushers dismiss you if you would. They will dismiss you this week again from back to front. Uh, just be patient and thank you for that. God bless you.